Hi, everyone. It is Marilyn Aloria, and welcome to Who Can It Be Now? This podcast today that I leave with you, talk to you. I don't know what I'm saying, but anyway, it may make you cry. It may not. It may make me cry. So um, I may be wearing the same shirt I wore in the last podcast. I have a puppy. And for any of you who've had toddlers or a puppy, oh my goodness, does it take up your life completely. And today was a particularly challenging day as I look at the teeth marks in my um, my wire on my computer because I left him for a second, which you can't do, and he got to it. Um, as many of you know, when you have a puppy, I don't know what I was going to say. Oh, I see. I can't even remember what I was going to say. Things go out my brain. Um, I may wear the same clothes in the same video. I just don't care and I can't care. So I want to talk to you about a few things today. One of them is I'm exhausted. I'm emotional. I'm tired. Today was a really tough day with him. He's been a really, really good puppy. And um, today he definitely was difficult, but I put him on a schedule. So before I go into that, I am Marilyn Aloria. I'm a psychic medium teacher and coach for those that are new to me. Those of you who are new to me, look, I am not going to get the words right today, no matter what. I don't care. And um, I, I want to share with you, I'm learning more and more and more about what I do and how I do it and the community I do it for. I just had, and I she doesn't know that I'm going to talk about her this way, and I don't know if she'll listen to this podcast, but I'll definitely interview her soon so you could all meet her. Definitely had one of my beautiful students in Next Level Living, um, two of them teach light language into the program because Next Level Living is a very high consciousness group of people. All it's made up of all different types of people, people that do light language, animal communication, um, a vet, a scientist, uh, an author, a channeler of the boardroom, you know, um, a healer who gets symbols, like there's all different types in there. And everybody's very practical and down to earth like me. They're not all like me. They don't curse like a sailor and they don't, um, they're not Brooklyn like me. Like they may have a softer side than I do. I have a softer side. Like right now I'm in my softer side, but um, they, they are definitely like me in terms of the practicality of living in this world. And I'm right now I'm doing the 10X experience and we do do the 10X experience. We're probably going to be doing it monthly for a little while. I don't know when you'll be listening to this. So if you want to check out the 10X experience, go to marilynaloria.com forward slash 10X um, we're doing the 10X experience right now. And in that experience, you get a real good, first of all, it's an incredible class that just shifts your mindset around goals and helps you to get really clear about the domino goal is what I teach. It's the most important goal and it really affects all the other goals. So it's a really, really good course. And in that, um, they get some, this particular group got some live components and you may get live components too, depending on when I'm doing it where I do um, some coaching and I teach a, a higher self workshop, things like that. It's really, really great. And if you're interested in that particular experience, just email us at info at marilynaloria.com and find out when we're teaching the next one so you could join us because it's really good. So some of these people, they're just really ready for this next level life. And I find that so many people just sit on the fence and they sit on the fence for numerous reasons. They think it's money, time, I've already hired a coach. I'm too busy. Um, and they don't really understand what next level living is. And I promise you, this is not a sales pitch for next level living. This is a sales pitch for your life. 
So as I'm talking to them, we don't force sell because you really have to come into the program knowing that even you're going to be scared no matter what when you do something new. Heck, I'm going to tell you stories about this puppy. I'm going to tell you stories about my mother. I'm going to tell you stories where I'm sitting here going, what the fuck did I do? What the fuck did I do? And I'm going to share those stories with you today because I want you to recognize you're not alone and how you shift. But these people, when they sit and they talk with me about where they're at, what they want to do with their life, and then why they're not doing it, I can see that the thing that's holding them back is usually a belief in themselves, a belief in themselves that they'll really see it through, that they'll make it happen. And I don't know what it's going to take for people to finally say to themselves, and the people I see that join do, finally, whether you join my program, someone else's, it's, this is just about your life right now. Finally say to themselves, that's it. I'm ready. I'm doing it. I don't care what it takes. I have to do something because you think you can do it alone, but you can't, you really do need guidance and help. I have communities that support me. I have a therapist. I have a mastermind group. I've joined many different programs. Um, and, and think about it when you want to be a yoga teacher, right? You get certified in yoga. You still need the support and the teaching of someone else. And the community guides you along and helps you and really holds a safe container for you. So I sit, I was sitting here and I was talking to some of them and I was like, oh my goodness, I can feel what's going on to, uh, with us. And tell me if you relate to this. And if you do relate to it, comment on my YouTube channel, come to my Facebook page. I'm really active on my Facebook page, especially my personal one, Marilyn Aloria. I'm active on the business one too, but the personal one just feels more personal to me. So you can follow me on there if you don't mind, if you'd like to. I share a lot of great stuff on that. But the thing that I recognize is that we are very deep feeling people. We have, uh, many of us have dimmed our light for many, many years because we're so empathic. We're so sensitive that we were sensitive to how other people received us. And we may have had a bright, bright light when we were younger, but we may have recognized that our best friend was jealous of us, or even our mother or father was jealous of us or a sibling. And because we didn't want them to feel bad about ourselves, we dimmed our light. And then we got to a point in our life where our life was going fucking haywire. And we decided, you know what, I'm not going to do this to myself anymore. I'm going to start working on myself. Why is my life going this way? And as you work on yourself, you start remembering who you really are. And when you remember who you really are, you remember that light that's inside your soul and your body and your being. And you also remember you're called to something great, whether that's a career or it's just living a great life or both, which I hope, or it's living a great life means that you're living fully embracing who you are in this world. You're having your own back. You're trusting yourself. You're loving yourself. You're being there by your side. And when you decide to do that, it's really amazing what happens. A lot of things unfold, but I'll tell you what happens, what happened to me. I start, started leading with my heart, right? As empathic people, the way that we learned how to empathic ability, if you don't know what it is, it's when you're really super sensitive emotionally to people around you. You can pick up pain. I can pick up headaches. I can pick up if somebody, their back is hurting. So I can pick up physical pain. I can pick up emotional pain. I can pick up emotional pain from space. I can walk into an empty house and tell you exactly what went on emotionally in that house. That's empathic ability. So you could be standing by someone. They could be saying, oh, fine, I'm good. But you could be like getting all of a sudden getting depressed. And you're like, wait a second, I wasn't depressed. Why am I depressed right now? Because your friend's depressed and they're hiding it. Or you are around someone and they're depressed and all of a sudden you're depressed. That's empathic ability. So empathic people learned how to shut down their hearts in order to deal with it because the world was just too hard. It's just too difficult. I can't feel all this. I need to help the human race. I don't know how to help the human race. Oh my goodness, I have to help the human race, but it's too hard to be out there. So we've retreated. We retreated into our closets, our houses, hide, 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 introverts that we are, even though there are times that we're extroverts, 
we retreated. And then something happened. We recognized in our retreating that when we got quiet, there were voices inside of us saying, you're meant for more. You're meant to do more. You're here for more. It doesn't matter what your brother thinks about you, your father or your mother or your sister or your wife or your husband. You're meant for more. And you've got to step out and be that more. You've got to be what you came here to be. And the reason why we're starting to hear that whispering is because the consciousness, we've been working on ourselves, so the consciousness is going higher. We have access to more. The veils are getting thinner, whatever you want to say it is. But the, the from where we are to where we came from, there is no time between that, right? So all of the, the, the like, if you thought of it as a hallway, that hallway is shrinking. And we're now in the hallway with all that energy. And we're like, okay, I can hear you. I could feel you. I know I'm meant for something more. Which door am I supposed to walk through? I don't understand the door I'm supposed to walk through. So you might be in a little bit of a confusion state. And when I realized when I was talking to these people, I was like, wait a second, I totally get it now. Because next level living teaches you how to be you. You, not me, not the person next to you. How to be fully you. And you don't even know how to be fully you because there's gifts inside of you that you've yet to recognize, that you've yet to unveil to yourself, that you've yet to see. And it's teaching you how to be fully you in this world, in this world so that you can shift and change and expand those who you're meant to help. It's not about going out with fists in the air going, this is who I am. Look at me. And I've seen healers do that. And I'm like, whoa. That's a little much for me. It's about going out with open arms, open hands, open heart, and going, wow, I feel so much, but this is what I'm supposed to do right now. I'm supposed to be in this world feeling all this because in my feeling, I'm meant to have that conversation with that group of people or that person, or I'm meant to put my hands on them and help them, or I'm meant to just listen and hold space for them. I'm meant to be here to help them. You know, there's so many terms that get loosely thrown around. And I gave up terms a long time ago when people started throwing around. Um, I think it happened with uh, Y2K. It was before I was even doing this work. I was actually traveling with MTV. And everybody was talking about Y2K, the year 2000. Oh, my goodness. Watch out, watch out, watch out. And uh, nothing happened. Nothing happened. Although things did happen, the consciousness shifted, but they were expecting like, you know, every a, a tech to go offline completely. Like I'm talking about that kind of stuff. A lot did happen when we shifted into 2000, the years 2000. And I remember thinking back, I, I don't even know that I knew what I was doing, but I consciously gave up con mass consciousness. I think I gave it up sooner than that because I stopped watching the news back when I was in high school and I'm 58. So you can imagine how many years ago that was. That was back in like 83, 82, actually 82. Because I just could not get on board with the mass consciousness out there. I knew there was something else. And it was almost like I was looking between the lines of the of what was happening. And I was seeing a different existence. I was seeing a different language. I was seeing something new. And many of you may relate to me. I'm not anything. I am who I am. So I don't have to sit here and go, look at me. Look at who I am. I And, and I just totally own who I am. And I encourage you to own who you are. So we were, we were sensitive beings and mass consciousness. And so the reason why I say I throw that away is because 
like I can't, I, I stopped a long time ago. People would come to me 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11. I can't remember when the fuck that was happening. I was like, I just get, don't, don't send me this shit. Don't send it to me. I have no time for it. Now I do think that amongst the noise, there's some really great information, but you have to decipher the great information. So for me, it was more like, um, cause sometimes it really works for people. They listen to certain things and they're like, like one woman's name keeps coming up and she's deceased already. I'm not going to say her name just because I don't know her material enough to say that I would, you know, um, say, oh yeah, she's right. And, uh, but a lot of couple, few people have been talking about her lately and how, I guess she's already passed, but her stuff is coming through again in this consciousness. And anytime I feel into her, I'm like, oh yeah, this is some good stuff. I feel like there's probably some really good stuff here. It's good if you like it, it doesn't matter. But the thing is, is that you have to find your way in all of this. So when people start throwing out things like, I can't even remember, oh, the Ascension. Oh, that was another big one. Oh, I'm teaching people how to ascend. I was like, what the fuck? And honestly, I, I think I'm just doing it. And I think you're probably just doing it too. And maybe you do need to hear some of this stuff. The bottom line is, I think there's some great stuff out there. And what I'm trying to say is choose what works for you. So the way that I teach is I teach your instrument, how to, how to evolve you so that when you hear the information out there, you take what really works for you and you move through it and you use what you need to use and you use it with your own tools and techniques. So when I teach, like, I think this month I'm going to teach, which is February, um, writing your own codes and symbols, because it seems to be coming up a lot with people. I have one, um, a coach, uh, she's in next level living and you've heard her interview Monique and I'm sure she'll be okay with me saying this. And she gets symbols and she's an incredible healer. And, um, it's very fascinating watching her work and how she's getting information and trusting the information. And as she was sharing some information with me, which I can't share with you because I don't have permission just yet. But I thought, you know, this is really good for all of us. And I was picked up another book, uh, the book of Enoch that I've had for a while. And I was looking through it and he's talking about codes and everything. And I'm like, we can write our own codes. We don't need, like everybody was like, I've got the codes for you, write your own codes. So my guides tell me what to teach that month. I don't worry about what I know about it because I know they're going to give me the information. Like in January, I taught scrying and beliefs and I don't know a lot about scrying. I played with scrying. It's not an expert, uh, I'm not an expert in it. So I did do a little reading on it before I taught it. And then my guides just dropped everything in that I needed to. And I think for me personally, when I started working with scrying, there were so many rules around it that when I approached the lesson, I felt that's why I made it beliefs too. I felt the rules that I was taught with the lesson that happened with me with tarot. Then I couldn't even read the tarot intuitively until I had to like undo how I was taught, use some of what I was taught and then learn and teach it my own way. So I know I'm throwing a lot of mishmash in this and I haven't even gotten to the puppy yet. We're already 15 minutes in and I'm not going to be able to do a long one because he's in the crate and I'm going to have to take him out. But what I'm trying to say to you is take the information and make it your own. So I don't get into what's going on out there. When people talk to me, I glaze over. Um, people don't really talk to me about things because they know that I do everything on my own. My guides will tell me where to go if there's something I need to learn, but they teach me everything I need to know. Um, and I think this also happened because when I started out, the internet wasn't around the way it is today. And there were no books on Claire audience. You know, I had to learn things on my own. And the thing is, is that 
you can all learn it on your own too. There's this incredible amount of wisdom. It's like you have this library. They used to take me into this library, my guides. And I would sit in this library and they would show me all these books that aren't out there in the world, some of which I've written in other lifetimes. And I would just sit there in the library and get information. We can all do that. We can all do it. The puppy squeaking his toy. So I may have to go in a minute and I hope not because I need to do this recording. I may have to leave and get him and come back in. Anyway, so what I want you to do. So next level living, if you're interested in that, go check out marilynlaurie.com forward slash next. The beautiful woman who just taught um, in there, she just wrote me, I, like, I believe in her so much. And and she struggled a little bit with that. And I'm sure when I interview her, she's going to tell her story. She doesn't know I'm going to interview her, but I'm going to ask her and I'm sure she'll be okay with it. And I always saw her magic. I saw her light and I would tap her on the shoulder and I'd be like, you, you're just incredible. And because she got surrounded by certain people, I'm not going to say who, I'll, hopefully she'll tell the story because I think it's an interesting story that didn't want her light to be really bright. You'll get that with sometimes with coaches, teachers, parents, whatever, right? Not saying her story. And then I just kept encouraging her. So she taught something today with another woman in the, the group who just joined the group. And she just wrote me and said, thank you so much for allowing me to share my light with your community, with the community. And she's part of the program. She's part of Next Level Living. And I was like, well, thank you so much for doing it because you make my life easier as a teacher because I'm not an expert in every field, nor do I need to be. And membership, membership is such a success for so long because I invited so many other teachers in to teach their magic. I don't have the ego about that. I'm a great gatherer of people. I'm a great teacher of my expertise and I'm really great at creating safe communities. So let me tell you a couple of stories and I'm gonna have to go because I'm getting dizzy for some reason too. So if you're interested in next level living, go to marilynaloria.com forward slash next. If you're like, it's not the time, ask yourself why it's not the time. Cause I'm going to call bullshit on that. It's the time. It's not tomorrow. I can't tell you, I'm so tired of the same people. They get, they're not doing it as much anymore. Showing up to my workshops. If I do a free workshop, or even if they pay $97 and they're in the same freaking place. I'm like, if you joined my program, you wouldn't be in the same freaking place. I would guarantee it. If you do the work, you're not going to be in the same freaking place. One of my students just sent me a gift thanking me like for her life because because she sees herself. I it's it's not me. It's I was put on this earth to see you. I see your souls. I see your expansion. I see your gifts. I see you. I want you to see you. I don't want to do your power. I want to give you your power. So let me just tell a couple of stories real quick. So the puppy, he's squeaking his toy. So today, yesterday and today, we're really challenging with him. He's a really, really good puppy. And his ears went up pretty quickly. And <laughs> I wish you could hear the squeaking. And um, I, I had a real thing with my shepherds with their ears going up. I rescued two of my shepherds. And the ears going up is a big deal in the shepherd community. I was like, are their ears going to go up? When I got Venus, poor little Venus came to me when my house was under construction. I was a new homeowner. I was in an incredible amount of debt because I didn't realize I bought a house that needed to be totally redone. And I adopted a puppy as soon as I bought the house, but I couldn't move in for like a month. So they held on to the puppy and they delivered the puppy to me after the con contract contractors left, you know, even though there were a couple of things that needed to be done. And I was like, what the F did I just do? Why did I get this puppy? And my friend was with me and she was, I didn't even have anything for the puppy. 
And she was like, we need to go to the pet store. And I think I told this story before. And I was like, okay, but I don't want this dog. Why do I have this dog? And I was sitting in the back of a car and Venus was in the back and she was at the one window and I was at the other window. And I was saying to my friend, like, I, I can't do this. This is insane. Like I was freaked out. And all of a sudden Venus came over and sat next to me. And, she, and my friend, I don't want to say her name because we don't talk as much anymore. We don't talk at all anymore. And she said to me, um, she knows she's your dog. And I struggled for like 30 days about whether I was going to keep her or not. And I'll tell you, day one of that 30 days, I contacted the rescue organization. They were like, okay, I said, I'm going to give it a little time, but I don't know if this is going to work out. And they said, that's fine. Let us know. It's a really good rescue organization. It's called German Shepherd Rescue of Orange County. And I said to God, I prayed and I said, if her ears go up for 30 days, I will keep her. And her ears went up the next day and her ears stayed up for 30 days. And I fell in love with her, completely in love with her. And then on day 31, I told the rescue I was keeping her. Day 31, her ears went down. <laughs> I'm not lying. It's a true story. Now her ears are up. Her ears were up and down, up and down, up and down for the longest time. And then she reached an age where her ears just went up. And then I got Micah and he was supposed to be a full shepherd. I rescued him. And uh, I'm friendly with two of the people who have his siblings and we're just friendly on email and stuff, but we really supported each other through the years since we all had um, siblings, you know, we all had the siblings and they're really great people. I've never met them, but they're so wonderful. And we were all like, are these ears going to go up? Are these ears going to go up? The ears have to go up. And it's like a big thing in the German Shepherd community. And I was so obsessed with these ears going up that I even went someplace and had his ears taped. I have pictures of that. It's shameful. I wouldn't even put it out there. And there he was, this cute little puppy with the ears up, eating a little chew boy. And I was talking to my friend, Bob, who had shepherds. And I'm like, because I remember saying it about Venus. I'm like, are those ears ever going to, uh, after her ears went down, I said, are those ears ever going to go up? No, it was Micah. I said, are those, I took the tape off. And I was like, are those ears ever going to go up? And he goes, those ears are never going up, Marilyn, ever. And I already loved him and it didn't matter. And he had floppy ears. So then the puppy, I didn't worry about it because he's a full shepherd. I know he's a full shepherd. There was a reason why I got a full shepherd. And his ears went up. And I was like, oh, his ears went up so soon. I want those little puppy ears. And then um, we had a really rough day yesterday. I had a puppy sitter so I could get back into my life because he can't be alone for long and I won't do, wouldn't do that to him. And yes, last night he was so difficult. Today he was difficult. The freaking ears went down. And I'm putting him on a schedule now, a crate schedule. He gets out a lot. I play with him. I train him. And then he goes back in the crate because what I recognized, I listened to a video, a really good trainer that I actually know. He's very overtired. So he wasn't getting enough rest. So he was becoming really rambunctious. So today I've had him on a crate schedule and um, taking him out when I take him out. And the second time I took him out today, his ears were down. I'm like, oh my goodness, his ears went down. And then the third time I took him out today, his ears were definitely down. I'm like, why are your ears down? And, he's, and he was like protesting. <laughs> he's like protesting the crate. <laughs> but he's been really good so far. So that's the German Shepherd story. But I have to tell you, it's been a very interesting time with my mom being passed. You know, she passed in November. And I don't really have the strongest ties with my family at all. My brother was very mean to me at the wake and the funeral. Um, I'm just waiting to get through a couple of things before I decide what I'll do with that relationship. My other brother's fine, even though we got into it via text, because I'm grieving. We're all grieving really hard. My mother was really a special person. So my mother was very spiritual, and she was a Catholic. And we went to Catholic schools, all of us, for 12 years. But she was very open-minded. So I remember coming home uh, in fourth grade, learning about reincarnation, 
which was against the Catholic tradition, right? And I said, I told my mother then, um, oh, I learned about reincarnation, blah, 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 and I believe in it. And she's like, okay, that's good. Good for you. I'm glad you believe in it. She never like told us that. And I don't know if I believe in it now. I don't know what I believe in now. Um, but she never told us that we couldn't believe in something. She just wanted us to have a faith. So when I was younger, I had a lot of spirits visiting me and I was really, really scared. And she would give me these little scapulars, they're called, and they're clots of a saint inside of a plastic uh, covering. And I would put them underneath my pillow. She'd say, put this under your pillow and you'll be okay. And I constantly was losing them. I swear spirits were taking them because they would just disappear. But they would give me a lot of um, peace at night because I was getting visited a lot. And then I got, so I believed in, you know, saints and angels. And I was always doing prayers because she was always doing prayers. And we would just raise that way. And she wasn't like so much like you had to go to church on Sunday. She was very, very open-minded uh, Catholic woman, but she was really believed in Jesus and God. And she was constantly doing novenas because she had such a difficult life. My mother, so difficult. And I, when I was younger, I, because I was so afraid to go to bed because that's when they would bother me. I put an angel by my bed and I just had this little angel by my bed and I would sleep all the time. And I had a friend sleeping over one day and she was sleeping to the right of me and I crawled out of the bed and I touched her in her bed and she got so freaked out and scared and she didn't want to go back to sleep. And I was like, I told her about the angel and I put the angel by her bed and I said, just put the angel by your bed. You'll be okay. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to scare you. I was very young. And she put the angel by her bed and she went to sleep and she was able to sleep. So the story I want to tell you is about my mother and St. Teresa. So St. Teresa, I've been praying to St. Teresa for quite some time. I used to pray to St. Teresa a lot in my early 30s, but the novena never worked for me for some reason. I don't know why. So I kind of felt like that wasn't a saint that I resonated with. When I was younger, um, my mother would set the alarm and she would do novenas all the time because she was just in, there was just so much struggle with finances and court cases with my father and trying to get the money from him and uh, having to go back to court. And he was very tied into the court system. So he would fix the courts and she couldn't afford an attorney. And he was just uh, tapped in with everybody because he was very high up in the police department. So he knew everybody and she knew it. She was very intuitive, my mother. And she was like, he's fixing these courts. So she really needed something. I don't know what she needed at this point in time, but she would set the alarm and every hour she would go into the dining room and there would, we would have a China closet and she would have the prayer card in there of St. Therese and she would go in there and just pray and say the novena. And we, I didn't, I knew she was doing novena. I didn't know who it was to, but I just knew it. She was always doing novenas at different times. And we were going to a wake of my friend's uncle who passed. It was actually an horrific thing that I saw. It was a horrible car accident and it was on the corner of my street and we were all like watching like a little kid, you know, seeing the feet with the car and all I saw was the feet underneath it. And I know that's probably too graphic for this kind of podcast. And I remember going home and telling my mother about it. We, we, I saw a lot of violence when I was younger. And then my friend called me, my best friend. And I was like, oh my goodness, there was an accident around the corner. Da, da, da. And and then she was quiet and I was like, are you okay? What's going on? And she was crying and she was calling me to tell me it was her uncle. And I knew her uncle and I was like, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. So my mother and I went to the wake and it was, there was a foyer. So we walked in, it was a, a big storm door. The wake was way down a hallway and we went into the first door and then we had to go through all the glass doors and my mother stopped and she said, do you smell that? 
And I said, and my mother had no sense of smell, no sense of smell. It was really good when I was a drinking and teenage because she'd say breathe. And I'd be like, and she always caught me. She must've knew it intuitively because she had no sense of smell. She was like, I have no sense of smell. So she, she stopped in the phone. She's like, do you smell that? I'm like, smell what? She's like the roses. Do you smell the roses? And I went, no, I don't smell anything. And she's like, you don't smell that. I smell the roses. You don't smell the roses? And I was like, no. She goes, oh my goodness, my, my prayer is coming true. Because St. Teresa, when she answers your prayer, you either see roses, a special kind of roses, or you smell them and stuff. And she's like, oh my goodness, my prayer, it's came true. It's coming true. It's coming true. And I was like, I don't smell anything. And we went through the next door and I still didn't smell it. I didn't smell it going into the wake. Lo and behold, her prayer came true. So I must have known that something was happening with my mother for the past like year or so. I had been praying to St. Therese every single night. And I, I pray to her all the time. It happened like, I think, two years ago, two or three years ago, I was having a difficult time in my business. It wasn't the time I always tell about. It was another time. And I was praying to St. Therese and praying to St. Therese and praying to St. Therese. And I was really anxious and I was anxious around finances and money and it's just an old story for me because I was raised with, um, I was raised poor and I was in family court and everything like that. And you don't need to know all that story. And I was praying to St. Therese and all of a sudden I got the roses. And I knew in that instant, my prayer was answered and it was. And so I started praying to her all the time. Now there's a novena to do, but I just prayed her all the time. She has just become very special to me. And when my mother passed, I just, kept praying to St. Therese. And I was like, you've got to get me through this time. You have to help me. And I went back to New York and I, I'll tell that story one day. It was so horrendous, so difficult, so hard, so lonely. There was so much that I can't even begin to tell you that went on. The day I arrived, the puppies were born. And one brother went off and did his own thing because he was fed up already. The brother I get along with, I don't blame him. He took care of himself. My other brother was just, it was so bad, so bad. And I just kept praying and talking to my friends. I have really, really good friends and leaning into my guides. And I kind of walked through it almost like you're just like so emotionally spent you're just doing, taking, doing the motions. Like I just knew I had to get through this. And I went to the wake and the wake was horrible, absolutely horrible. And my one brother decided the one who, you know, I get along with, he's like, I'm not doing the funeral thing. I'll meet you at the mass. That's it. He's also a born again Christian and he didn't want to do the mass, but my mother's very religious and it was okay. He agreed. And so I went to the funeral. I had to go to the funeral parlor before the mass. And uh, my brother, my other brother, who I don't get along with, was screaming at me in front of my mother's urn. And it was just me, his family. His wife is giving me a talking to. She wasn't mean, though. She was just expressing her feelings. And then my brother went off on me and my niece. And, and I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. I just kind of let him do his thing. Her I talked to because she talked to me nicely and I apologized and just asked, you know, just, just listened, you know, and it was nothing for me to really apologize for, except maybe just acknowledging her feelings is what I did. And then uh, my brother freaked out on me and I just ignored him and my niece and nephew and my, his wife were saying, you know, calm down, stop it already, stop it. 
And um, we all left. And it was like somebody just fucking punched me in the face. And my other, my brother, other brother I get along with, my nephew, his son was there who is very spiritual. And he was in the car with me. And he's like, man, you handled that with grace. And we had to drive by my brother's house, follow the limo. It was just horrible. And I was like a shell, an absolute shell. And I walked into the church and I saw the nuns. My mother was in a Catholic place. And I, and I saw, I looked to the left and I saw my two best friends in the pew. And then I saw my other brother and we got into the pew. Oh, and before I went into the church, my brother that I don't get along with just yelled at me. He came over and hugged me and he's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We're, it's okay now. And I'm like, it's always up and down, up and down, up and down. And I just said, okay. And I got into the pew and I looked out to the window to the left and what was there but a statue of St. Therese. And I was like, that's St. Therese, right? It looks like St. Therese. I'm pretty sure it's St. Therese. And the priest was amazing. And he kept like, he was intuiting. He was weird. He's like, I feel like she went to five o'clock mass. Did she go to five o'clock mass? And my brother the uh, talked about it later. And he's like, she always went to five o'clock mass. And he's like, I feel like she likes the color pink. And I can't remember my mother's favorite color, but pink would make sense, especially the roses and everything. And um, we went to where we were putting the urn after. And I told the story about St. Therese and how important it was to me. And I asked the priest, it was that St. Therese's statue out to the left. And he said, yes, that's St. Therese out there. And she was in my view the entire time during that funeral. And I left um, the place with the urn and my beautiful friend Rita, without me knowing, went in and took a picture of it for me. And she sent it to me and she came to lunch. Nobody really went to lunch. It was a, it was a very odd experience. And I sat with my brother's family that just yelled at me. And my two best friends, Rita and Pat, sat there with me and Rita entertained the whole table. I can't thank them enough for saving me because I knew I needed to walk through this with him. Like I could have went home. My other brother was like done. He walked out, didn't say a word to him, wouldn't talk to him. I don't want to tell his story because that's personal to him. I just told that part. I hope it's okay. Probably shouldn't have done that, but I'm going to leave it in. And uh, they just, everybody had to take care of themselves. I don't think anybody did anything wrong. Even the brother who yelled at me, he was her caretaker. I have a whole story about him, but I'm not going to get into that now in this particular story. But I knew I just wanted to walk through the lunch. I also knew I wanted to go back to his house to get a couple of things of my mother's because they had everything and they were giving me stuff. They weren't being mean. And I just knew we needed to walk through this. And I would have never made it through my lunch, that lunch without my friends there ever. I don't know how I did it. And so Rita sent me the pictures of St. Therese. And then um, I just knew St. Therese was with me the whole time, which was so beautiful, and that my mother was with me. My mother was one of the most amazing mothers. She was difficult too. And I'll tell stories about her soon. But she was so incredible, absolutely incredible. And it's a huge, huge loss for me. Huge loss. And it's a huge loss because she's had Alzheimer's for 12 years. And I lost her 12 years ago. She was creative. She was funny. She was so smart. She would um, perform music. She would write the music for her second graders and for the kids that did the thing. She would write the songs. 
she knew Broadway plays like the back of her hand. She introduced my niece and nephew who she grew up with, you know, my other brother, the brother I don't get along with to piano, to music. Like they're into music because of her. They're into the arts because of her. She was just so open-minded and interesting to talk to and intuitive. Uh, and she gave everything for us, everything. She dedicated her life to us. And uh, why do I share this with all of you right now? Um, one, to honor her, because I wouldn't be who I am without her. And two, to help all of you know that here I am walking through a time of grief, and I'm still living, still living. I got a puppy. I joined two tennis teams. I joined a tennis club, many tennis clubs, because it's got many clubs. I sat with one of my tennis, my tennis partner yesterday, and I'm starting to open my heart up to people because she's somebody, we were partners, and we would get into arguments, and I'd want to walk off the court because I usually like cut people off. That's my thing. And she wouldn't let me do it. She'd make me sit and talk with her. And I was telling my therapist about it because my therapist is, you know, helping me to lead with my heart more. And I'm going to have to go in a minute because of the puppy. And I'm really grateful to her because she makes me, she made me talk through things. So I was talking to her yesterday and I was sharing something with her. We had a really great heart to heart conversation. And then I ran into her after and it was just so nice. And then I reached out to another tennis friend of mine and I was talking to her and I'm reaching out to people in a different way. I have very, very good friends. So my um, bar for good friends is pretty high. And I've always known that. So if people don't live up to certain standards with me, I have a thing where I cut them off because I have such good friends and we have such good high standards with each other. You know, I don't need standards with them. We all just have been such loyal to each other and such good friends. But I'm learning how to accept differently or be different in this world, to lead with my heart, and to feel, I'm allowing myself to feel. So I share this with all of you because I want you to stop hiding. I want you to leave with your heart. I want you to learn how to use your gifts in a way that you've never used them before. And I want you to know that life can be difficult, but it doesn't mean you stop living. That's it. Life can be difficult, but it doesn't mean you stop living. All right, guys, the squeaky toy is squeaking and the puppy is asking for me to come get him. So I'm going to go and uh, thank you so much. And if I would really ask one, if you're interested in working with me, go to marilynaloria.com forward slash next and book a call, book a complimentary call. Um, if you're interested in learning more about my programs, you can email me at info at marilynaloria.com, email my team info at marilynaloria.com and we'll share with you. We don't hard sell, so we'll help you with whatever we think is best for you. And um, most importantly, share my podcast, subscribe, review it. And just thank you so much for listening. You allow me, you give me space for me to tell my stories. I love you. Thank you. Bye.